Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to a Beantown Friday edition of the Ice Guys, Friday, January 26th, sponsored by our good friends at Boston Hemp, Inc., Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and Matt Robinson back as well, ready to break down the Friday NHL uh, slate. We've only got four games tonight, but four very intriguing matchups. Vegas and the New York Rangers is a good game. Florida, even with Pittsburgh struggling right now, that's a pretty interesting game. Kings and the Avs, it goes without saying, that's an interesting game. Colorado playing well. The Kings supposed to be better than they've been. Is this a respond to the uh, criticism game for the Kings? We'll talk about that in a little bit. And, of course, St. Louis, Seattle to wrap up the night. Two teams battling for the final wild card spots in the Western Conference. Yes, St. Louis, because of these recent wins they've put together, they are right there as far as a wild card spot. Only a couple of points out. So all of a sudden, that Kraken Blues game is even very important tonight. Two big points on the line there. Uh, first of all, we want to talk about every and thank everyone that is a Patreon member and subscriber and who joined us last night on our first Patreon-exclusive Ice Guys Live BetCast of the year. We thank you very much for joining us. It was a lot of fun. What I love about the BetCast, and I know I said it a few times last night, a little bit more of a smaller crowd on the uh, BetCast joining us. So it was nice to just, you know, a little more of a cozier atmosphere, if you will. You know, it's just, uh, you know, fewer people and it's a nice little uh, crowd. It's not uh, jam-packed and slammed and, you know, 8 million people trying to talk over one another like sometimes we have on the uh, BetCast when it's open to the public. So it was a really fun, cool, chill vibe, if you will, uh, last night on the uh, BetCast. And we wish it was a little more profitable than it was, but uh, kind of a disappointing night pregame and live betting-wise overall. But uh, at the end of the night, we uh, at least Abe was able to win it with uh, end it with a couple of wins in that Calgary game, which uh, ended up going all right for me. But still, not the greatest night betting wise. But it sure as hell was a great night as far as camaraderie and just kicking back, watching the games, uh, throwing back some beers, and just uh, talking hockey with a bunch of great people. And it's always a great group that we have with us on the betcasts, and um, we'll be doing more of them. Uh, in February, we'll have multiple betcasts. We'll have at least one or two Patreon exclusive betcasts next month in February. The main betcast uh, as well for everyone in February, uh, and we will announce the dates probably next week. We'll start announcing some of these dates uh, for the February betcasts. But uh, like I said, Alex, uh, profitable profitability wise, it wasn't the best betcast, but just as far as enjoyment and enjoying the company of other good hockey fans, hockey betters, and fans of the show, it was great as always. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, we're not going to be able to turn a profit every single betcast. We've done very well so far since we started these. And last night was uh, one pretty much in the loss column in, in that aspect. But as far as a good time, uh, a, a wonderful time was had, certainly. So, like I said, it, it, it's, you know, we're still able to, you know, get the gist of everything as far as still we're still learning. We're still kind of, you know, you know, growing in our betting repertoire, like I said, with everybody that's in there necessarily, you know, been betting live forever. So it's just, you know, getting reps under your belt, you know, even if you, you, you lose it, but it's all about getting the timing down. You know, somebody being in the back cast last night might have, you know, uh, helped themselves in a, you know, couple weeks from now down the line where they spot something that they weren't looking at before. And now all of a sudden, oh, I'm looking at, you know, 
betting uh, both teams to score in the second period. I'm looking at this live total, you know, at this point in the, in the contest. So that that's really, you know, the the thing you could take away from another night when you do lose betting live. What things could you have done better and what things could you, hey, I did the best I could. I got the best of the number, just didn't come to fruition with uh, with, with the win. So that's just kind of the, the live and learn process of that. But it was just an absolute wonderful time. And uh, like I said, looking forward to doing more of the BetCast in February and beyond. No doubt. It's always a good time. And like I said, we had uh, a great group with us. Uh, Kristen, Rich H., Landon, uh, Matt was on for the whole BetCast, of course. And just uh, everyone that joined us, we appreciate it uh, very much last night. Jason Demers with a cameo at the end of the uh, BetCast as well. Uh, talk, telling us how the five-plus game road trips and coming back home after those are the spots he's uh, always interested in fading teams. And to be honest, that doesn't it's really not that much different from what we've said for years on this show, that those five game or longer road trips and you come back home for that first game, it's a very, very difficult spot more often than not. Uh, Matt, good times on the BetCast last night. Oh, yeah. Had a blast with the boys and girls. Um, you know, as Alex and uh, yourself have both mentioned, obviously came up short on some of our bets, but you know, it's going to happen with live betting. That's the risk you take. Um, you know, we had a couple beats that did hit. Um, so that was always, obviously exciting. Um, obviously great to see the stars pull away with that one. Um, of course. You know, I was pretty nervous there for a minute there at the mid. Especially mid someone like there. you that was hammering them live multiple times, influenced by a few, um, you know, uh, extracurriculars, if you will. Oh, yeah. I kept, uh, I kept saying, well, and again, the stars don't play well against bad teams. And so it does open up an opportunity for some live bets. And, you know, you figured they needed that win last night. So, you know, thankful for that game because it could have been a lot worse of a night for me. But, uh, yeah, as always, a great time on the BetCast. Looking forward to the uh, first one of February. Um, but, yeah, hopefully we get uh, some better bounces that night. Yeah, there's no need to apologize, Isex. There's no need to apologize. I mean, it's uh, like I say, you subscribe if you want to and when you want to. You know, we're, we don't we don't hold the uh, we, we don't hold it to anyone. You know, pressure anyone to subscribe for that. And we just appreciate we appreciate everybody. We appreciate we really appreciate the Patreon members for sure. But we appreciate those that are just watching the show every day, tuning in, subscribe to the channel, uh, joining us in the chat like you do every day uh, during the show. It's 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 your it's, it's up to you. We never pressure, put, put no pressure tactics, none of that shit with us with the Patreon. If you want to join, you can. If you if you don't want to or you can't, that's that's fine too. No problem. Yeah, everybody everybody plays a role in this. So so whether, if yeah. you're not subscribed to the Patreon, don't feel left out. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of bonus content and a lot of different things that, that you are missing with that. But at the same time, we're still going to bring you the quality content that we bring on you know every day. And, and, and things will be relayed back. You're not going to be completely left out of the dark with something uh, if you're not missing. You're not uh, joining us on one of the Patreon backcasts. Anyway, and we can tell you the daily show will consistently and constantly remain free and, and open to the public. We'll never put the daily show behind Patreon. Uh, that will always remain available to uh, everyone each and every day. So shout out to everyone. I'm just going to do a quicker recap with the uh, Thursday games. We will have Jimmy Murphy later on. He always joins us later on during the uh, Friday show. Uh, and remember, don't forget about his daily show Monday to Friday with Pierre Maguire, The Eye Test. It was a great show yesterday. I made sure I didn't miss yesterday with the legendary Doc Emmerich joining them uh, on the uh, show yesterday. It was great stories, by the way, about him and Pierre on the road in their NBC days, too. And 
some of the stuff that went down. Doc was a great guest. Make sure you're tuning in. Jimmy and Pierre's show, I test, Monday to Friday, 4 p.m. Eastern. As far as last night's games, uh, Boston-Ottawa. Uh, Ottawa had a multitude of power. That's going to be one of those games they rue the day they lost that game. They had like seven power. Boston didn't have a single power play in that hockey game. Seven to zip were the power play numbers in favor of Ottawa, and they lose 3-2 in overtime. They just, unfortunately, were not able to convert enough of those chances. And last night was a classic example of the way the night went, too, with live betting. I did not win my Sens next goal bet uh, when I bet it in this game, but I did win one with the Islanders. So, you know, it was that kind of night. Uh, win some, lose some for me. Uh, not only pregame, but live bet. But uh, definitely last night, disappointing to see Ottawa fall short. Give Montreal credit. I mean, they jumped on the Islanders. 3 nothing lead in the first period. Uh, and, of course, uh, the Islanders roared back with a couple of goals, uh, enhanced and influenced by just a really bad decision by Brendan Gallagher. And he's having a phone hearing uh, for that hit he had last night in that game. And I would expect a suspension of some kind. He's not going to get off scot-free for that. Yeah. There's definitely a sussy. Uh, on the way here for uh, Brendan Gallagher. Make no mistake about it. Uh, and, of course, uh, the Montreal Canadiens, because of that five-minute penalty, the Islanders cash in twice. And just when we think we're back in business with with our draw and another uh, successful trip to draw Island and the Thailanders, Montreal rips it right out from under us as Sean Monaghan with a bullet shot to beat Sorokin and give them a 4-3 lead, and they hung on for the uh, victory. Uh, last night uh fire wah hashtag ice i gotta admit that's pretty fun. Hey, he's one and two now he's got a losing record as head coach of the new york islanders so uh time to fire that guy now uh, in all seriousness though uh, a 4-3 win for uh, montreal last night uh, against the uh, new york islanders credit to them they hadn't been playing well but they found a way a great job by tampa bay six to three against arizona arizona looked fatigued last night they definitely looked tired uh, but thankfully, they got three goals for me to salvage something in that game because I had uh, Arizona team total over. But 6-3 Lightning, 3-2 Carolina against New Jersey. Solid game from Ronta. I got to give him that. You know, I'd still, I still got my issues trusting him game to game. But last night, he was solid. Uh, New Jersey uh, was able to make it interesting, but too little, too late. 3-2 Hurricanes. Unfortunately, all the overs we had, we like first period, full game over. Both teams to score first period uh, all of them fall short in that game uh, as matt mentioned our dallas stars resident fan uh 4-3 comeback win against the anaheim ducks last night for the dallas stars and really to be honest you know they, they had the better of the play as the game went on especially in the later in the second period and in the third period they definitely deserved to get the two points they came out a little flat in the first but after that uh, certainly they played well enough to win it, gibson kept uh, you know, Anaheim in it for a while, but it was Dallas finally uh, getting the job done in overtime uh, and getting the uh, four to three win. Again, that Johnston, Hinson, Robertson trio continues to play so well. And you know what you get lately from Marchment, Duchesne, and Sagan, uh, that second line as well. So they've got a very, very dynamic top six forward group uh, at the moment, the uh, Dallas Stars. And it's the kind of group that if they, you know, in the playoffs, I think that can take them a long way. And we know this team got obviously to the conference finals last year. We're wait, just waiting to see if Jake Ottinger can go from, you know, he's gradually getting slowly yeah. and slowly better. I would have loved to have seen him stop that first goal, though. That's a kind of a stinker, kind of a bad one to give up that tied the game in the first period for Anaheim. But slowly but surely, I think you're going to see him ramp up, get his game back to that level. The last year or so, I've noticed with Ottinger, starts off the season kind of mundane in the regular season, but he picks it up. And then when the playoffs come around, 
you know, he's ready to take his game up to another level. So uh, I wouldn't be concerned about Ottinger. Yeah, there's been some inconsistencies in his game, but we know there's talent there. Uh, we know the ability that he has. I'm certainly not pushing the panic button with the ups and downs of one uh, Jake Ottinger. Nashville with a comeback win against Minnesota, down one nothing going into the third, 3-2 win for the Predators there. Uh, in that game, that's another game we thought would be higher scoring than we thought, but the Minnesota overrun uh, comes to an end there. Nice comeback win for the uh, Predators there in that game, 3-2 over the Wild. Uh, we saw Columbus 5-2 win against Calgary. Talked about Calgary not being trustworthy, you know, as minus, you know, 190 favorites, and it proved that way. And that was definitely one of the uh, few games that was really, really strong for me last night was that game. We had the Jackets money line at plus 165. We had First period, both teams to score and the over first period and the full game over. So that was a pretty good game overall. Jackets with the 5-2 to two win last night uh, against the uh, Calgary Flames. And a better start from Tarasov, which is, you know, definitely a welcome sight for the Blue Jackets because he's had kind of a struggling uh, run lately and a tough season for the Jackets. And then Edmonton with really a ho-hum, workmanlike, just find a way to grind it out against the Chicago Blackhawks. 3 nothing. Chicago really didn't have a whole lot of push uh, in that game. Uh, offensively, they felt like they were stuck in mud uh, all night. You have to give the Oilers credit for that. Uh, and you know Chicago's in a tough spot and all banged up off this, uh, with their forward group, struggling offensively, and you know it's getting to a point where it's really, really bad for them. When Calvin Pickard is registering his first shutout in nearly six years against you, and that's the case last night. How about that? Calvin Pickard, a shutout victory uh, in net for the Edmonton Oilers last night. But he was actually very solid, and he's been actually very solid in the appearances that we have seen from him uh, in net for the Edmonton Oilers this season. So uh, 3 nothing Edmonton, the beat goes on, 15 wins in a row for the Edmonton Oilers. They are now two away from tying the 92-93 Penguins, for, who had 17 wins. It's the NHL record for most consecutive wins in a regular season, 17 by the Penguins, that 92-93 team. And we know they were loaded, right? Kevin Stevens and Mario Lemieux and Yaramir Yager. And uh, it was just a phenomenal team that year. Although that was the year they got picked off in the first round by the Islanders. Uh -huh. Biggest upsets yeah. in the last, you know, 30 plus years in the Stanley Cup playoffs. They got bounced in the first round of the playoffs coming off back-to-back -back Stanley Cup championship seasons in 91 and in 92. So, uh, but in the regular season, after those two championships, that's when they won the 17 straight. That is the NHL regular season record. Edmonton is now two wins away from tying that record, three wins away from surpassing that record. And don't you think for a second that the Edmonton Oilers know what that record is and they're striving to beat it. They know it's the, the, the finish line is right there. Two more wins, they tie the record. Three more wins, they beat the record. Tough to go against Edmonton, even with the prices getting astronomical like they were uh, last night. Alex, uh, your thoughts on Thursday's slate? Yeah, we can start there with uh, Chicago Edmonton. I mean, the Hawks have simply no offense whatsoever. Like I said, to get shut out by Calvin Pickard's just, I mean, that that just tells you where they are right now in, in the matter of things. But Edmonton is a fantastic run that they're on. And, you know, I said, you know, about 10, you know, five wins ago, I said, wow, it's amazing that of all the great Edmonton teams of the years, that this is the longest in franchise history. And now here they are just two wins away from tying the all-time record. But as you mentioned, the two teams ahead of them, the 2016-17 Columbus Blue Jackets and the 92-93 Penguins, both teams got bounced out in the first round. So you're hitting that rarefied air that we always talk about all these big records. I mean, look at the jersey I'm wearing right now, the Boston Bruins last year setting a record, bouncing the first round. Tampa Bay Lightning, 
incredible for regular season, set a record, got swept out in the first round. So, you know, you, you, you play all this great hockey now, what is it worth if you can't get through April, May, and June? So uh, it, it's, it's a good moment, good streak for the moment is the way you have to kind of look at those things. Uh, going back to some of the earlier games, Anaheim and Dallas, obviously we all were invested with, with that. Uh, that was a nice live draw that we were able to grab there as Dallas comes back and win. And that's a, a good win for Dallas. But like you said, they still need to see that second level. You got to blow those teams out at some point. If you're going to be a Stanley Cup contender, a Stanley Cup champion, you can't diddle daddle with Anaheim at home, even if it is in the middle of January. So seeing that next step would be, okay, next time those two teams play, Dallas wins that 6-3 to three, handily. Jake Ottinger has a, a, a really big, big-time game. And that's the thing. He's a guy we trust to steal you a game or two in the series. But I need to see the kind of play that can steal you an entire series. He can deliver that, and I do believe he can at some point. That's when we can start buying on Dallas as possibly being uh, a legit contender in the West once again. Uh, looking back also, too, at that Columbus and Calgary game. Calgary is a team that is definitely fraudulent, that definitely will fall out of this wild card race. And everybody's, especially you turn like NHL Network and different things, you see, oh, this is such a deep log jam of, of wild card teams. It's not. A lot of teams are going to start falling out, and Calgary is going to be the first side of that group. I think St. Louis is a team I don't really trust out of there. With LA is becoming harder to trust by the, the period, it seems. So there's some teams that are going to fall out, and Calgary is one of them. And I said on the show during the day, don't trust them. When it was tied, I said, maybe we could see some goals here, but everybody was looking at maybe fading Columbus because they're off in the third period. Well, you can't trust Calgary at all. And we know we can't trust Calgary in the third period as well. So sure enough, Columbus runs away with that one, 5-2. And it's a good win for them. You know, just kind of everything's kind of just a morale boost for them. and They're not going anywhere at all. Uh, speaking of morale boost, the Islanders and uh, the, the Habs, that's a good Habs win at home. But almost blowing it there. And Patrick Waugh is keeping Draw Island alive, which is great. And it makes sense because he is that kind of guy who, you know, he's never going to let his team quit. He's the guy who always wants to battle and battle through. We talk about the whole pulling the goaltenders, uh, you know, early, which he didn't really do that when they were down. They, they pressed, but he waited until a, a fairly reasonable, about two and a half minutes before he pulled, uh, uh, well, ended up pulling uh, Sorokin because it was Varlamov that got chased out uh, at the very beginning, which we kind of talked about that in the backcast. Semyon Varlamov might be jazzed up about Patrick Wash showing up there, but, uh, you know, his play, if it's going to be anything like we saw in the first five and a half minutes that he was in that game last night, he's going to be spending more time on the bench than he will be between the pipes. So uh, he's going to have to figure that out. And like I said, maybe Wild's going to have to realize you can't trust on him like you did 10 years ago in Colorado. Sorokin might have to, you know, be the guy that you're trying to groom and prepare to be the number one starter. So those are the biggest takeaways for me last night. Yeah, that's definitely that definitely hurt Chris. That Islander Habs draw that was a that was a hurtful one. Uh, that one and there was another yeah, was. Islander one. We've had a lot of wins, good wins with Draw Island, the Tigers this draw. year, but we've had a couple tough beats with their draws too. The last night, and then there was one two Islanders and some teams that they scored a shorty in like the last minute or seconds. two of the third yeah. period or something. I remember that one. It was tough. And we thought no, we was, a it. Na- was that a Nashville game too? I had, I, I had so. drawn a, a game involving Nashville where they scored like eight seconds left. That's right. In Nashville. That was another tough yeah, uh-huh. one. So there's been some yeah. tough beats with the Islanders uh-huh. with the draw. We've, yeah. we've cashed a shit ton. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. It's been great that team, but uh, we have, it could have been even better with a few uh, tough ones that were lost Hell basically yeah. in the last minute or two of the uh, yeah. third period. Uh, Matt, obviously last night, like I said, up and down betting wise, but certainly up from a, a fan standpoint for you with your Dallas Stars surviving uh, a game where, again, they almost played down to their competition again. 
at home, but they found a way against Anaheim. Yeah, no doubt. Um, as Alex mentioned, would love to see them kind of handily win that game, um, especially given the shots. You know, Ottinger's got to be tighter than that. Dallas outshot Anaheim over two to one, I believe, was at the end of regulation. Um, give credit to Gibson. I mean, he also let in one or two that he probably wants back, but definitely stood on his head. Um, but it does give me hope that if Ottinger kind of tightens things up defensively, they tighten things up, maybe pick up somebody at the deadline. If that offense keeps going as is and they have a tighter defensive core, I I could see them rolling some teams in the playoffs, just, just that alone. Uh, if that second line stays rolling, if that first line stays dominant, I mean, look out. But uh, nice to see the win. Um, but, yeah, overall in the games, there was – a lot of games I thought were going to have a lot of goals that ended up being tighter. That Minnesota Nashville game being zero zero after the first. I hate when you have a first period over and the goal gets called back. I feel like it's just it never hits if that's the case. So um, that was unfortunate to see. Ended up being a good game late. Um, obviously Nashville took that one, but yeah, there were there were a number of close games that uh, definitely could have been draw season worthy. Um, Obviously, the Islanders being the biggest one, we all started celebrating the draw with a couple minutes left, and that one got pulled from under us. But also that that New Jersey-Carolina game, I think New Jersey had another power play after making it 3-2. So, you know, there was some hope there as well, but Carolina closes it out at the end of Mom's weekend. Um, but, yeah, overall, a lot of good games. Uh, good to see a couple overtime games go, but uh, – but yeah, the biggest surprise for me, and I shouldn't say surprise because I know Ian was on it, but uh, to see Columbus come out and win so handily on the road, um, good win for them. But I agree with Alex. I don't, I don't think it's reason to think that they're going to be, you know, making any runs anytime soon. But I do think they have some good young pieces that uh, they can build on for the future. So um, overall, pretty solid card. Again, wish the bets went the other way, but. Uh, so the way it goes sometimes. Maybe tonight That's will be the fucking better. way she goes sometimes. Absolutely right, 100%. And as far as Columbus goes, look, they've played better recently in their losses than the final score would indicate. That's kind of what it, what led me to bet them last night. Like They deserved a better fate in some of those games recently that they've lost. But at the same point in time, it was also a lot of anti-Calgary sentiment for me uh, in that bet against for, in that bet on Columbus last night uh, in that game. Uh, we've got our Beantown Friday regular guest, Jimmy Murphy, joining us on the road, traveling, you know, getting his errands done be- probably before I test starts in about 90 minutes from now. Jimmy, what's up? Yeah, guys, just on the road up to uh, Portsmouth to stay with my girlfriend for the weekend uh, and driving through some weird weather. I've been through sun, rain, sleet, and snow in a span of an hour. <laughs> wow, there you go. And that's, that what, New that's what you get. Yeah. That's New England, especially yeah. when the temperature's hovering yeah. around the freezing mark. Like yeah, it is it's, uh, yeah, it's always with weird weather these these days now. Um, but, yeah, everything's good. Some good games last night, guys. Um, obviously, I was honed in on the uh, on the Bruins Senators. I uh, thought that was a real gutsy win by the Bruins. I know people will point to where Ottawa is in the standings, but as you guys know, because you follow the game closely like I do, I mean, Ottawa's been in good form lately. They've been playing more structured hockey uh they've they've bought into the system finally and 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 have been a tough out for teams um so i thought you know the fact that the bruins withstood that two goal comeback and still pulled it out in overtime on the heels of a game the night before where they in my opinion absolutely sucked i know they only lost three two but i i thought that was one of their worst games of the year 
Um, I, I thought agree. it was a good bounce back. It was a good bounce back for them. And that's not to take anything away from Carolina, who's playing great hockey right now. I just – I, I think the Bruins maybe were looking ahead to the, the break. They got their nine-day break coming up after their game tomorrow, and you combine that with all the good press they've been getting, uh, everybody praising them. I think maybe they got a little complacent there, woke up in the third period against Carolina, and they carried that momentum that they gained in that third period uh, into the game last night. So – uh, good win for them. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow if they're kind of already set sail to wherever Caribbean island they're going to and just lay an egg in a day game. I could completely see that happening. Uh, so I highly urge people to be careful if you're if you're betting the Bruins tomorrow. I, I'm staying far away from that one. Yeah, they play the Flyers in Philadelphia. It's the first yep. game of the Saturday slate, 12:30 Eastern. And Big Philly night is- in Philly too. Big day too. Alumni game. Bruins alumni. Flyers alumni tonight. And then tomorrow they're honoring Mark Recchi, of course, who played yep. for both teams. So uh, that place is going to be rocking on a Saturday afternoon in Philly. And they're going to be desperate, too. They've lost a few in a row now, Philadelphia. Exactly. So they want to turn things around. And both a lot of the teams tomorrow, not every team, but a lot of the teams tomorrow, and I'll have the exact list of teams on Saturday's show. When we do the show tomorrow, I will list all the teams that are playing their final game before the break because there's a bunch of them tomorrow that are in action. So those are the teams you want to be a little careful with, especially the teams that won going into that final game tomorrow. You know, maybe you're already, you know, in vacation mode and in break mode tomorrow, whereas the team that maybe had a bad loss going into that final game tomorrow, maybe there's a little more incentive to, like, bear down and get that win. and and get Yeah, go out on a high note. Yep going into the break so we'll talk more about that tomorrow and i'll definitely make a point of it to list the teams in action tomorrow on the saturday show that are going into the all-star break after they conclude their game tomorrow uh, on the saturday slate all right we will begin with the friday uh, card here first of four games tonight and this is an espn game tonight nationally televised matchup at madison square garden vegas golden knights new york rangers uh, rangers minus 155 home favorite six the total in this one uh, mcdonough uh, ferraro and kaplan on the call for espn tonight uh, when you look at this matchup look the rangers back home after a very disheartening end of that road trip it's not just that you lost to san jose it's that you had a two to nothing lead going into the third period against san jose and you just shit the bed and you blew the lead, you lose in overtime, 3-2 in that game. So, yeah, losing to the the opponent you lost to is bad. I think the fashion in which you lost that game is even worse. You know, when you had a 2 to nothing lead going into the third and you lose 3-2 in overtime. And it wasn't a great road trip for the Rangers, just 1-3. and three. The only win was a 5-2 win against Anaheim. And let's keep in mind, that was a game that they were trailing 2 nothing in against the Anaheim Ducks. So it, they were that close to going 0-4 on the road trip. So it's not been a good stretch of hockey for this team. They're just three and seven in their last 10 games. We'll see if they can uh, get things back on track here at home, but they are coming back home off that four game West coast road trip. They have had two days off, not just the regular standard one day off that some teams get. So a little bit of an extra opportunity to replenish the, 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 and recharge the batteries a little bit uh, for this game. But I'm not sure I'm ready to lay a buck fifty-five with this New York Rangers team. Shesterkin is in net. He continues to be okay, but not spectacular, and still some inconsistency. He was in net for blowing that game against San Jose, and it's well, look, it wasn't all on him. Uh, and one of those goals, I remember the tying goal was a deflection goal, but still, Shesterkin's play this year has not been what we've become accustomed to seeing from him in years past. 
Now, Vegas plays a back-to-back. They're in Detroit tomorrow night, so there was some uncertainty about who they'd go with tonight, but they are going with Aiden Hill, who made his return against the New York Islanders, and what a return it was in that victory over the Islanders, a 3-2 win. He stops 40 of 42 New York Islanders shots. So he looked absolutely terrific. You know what Aiden Hill's numbers are now? 11-2-2, 1.93 goals against average, 9.35 save percentage for Aiden Hill this season. And he looked like he was right back to his normal form, you know, coming into that uh, Islanders game. He played extremely well. I'm going to grab a small piece of the Golden Knights here at plus 135. I've talked myself into them. Uh, it's a big number. I know there's still some injuries when you talk about their top two of their top three centers, Jack Eichel and William Carlson are still out. Shea Theodore is still out on the blue line. but And I know the Rangers are probably you know a little pissed off wanting to get things back on track here on home ice, but you're betting prices. You're not betting teams in a lot of these games. That's the way I view it. And to me, you're betting, uh, you're paying a premium for a Rangers team that's not in good form tonight, in my opinion. And you got a goalie that's it showed you in his first start back. He's playing well. So I'm going to grab a little Vegas plus 135 and a little draw. Uh, in this game. It's going to be a dog and draw split for me with Golden Knights and Rangers. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Vegas, New York. Yeah, I'm right there with you on that dog and draw split. I, I like the draw earlier, along with the first period over one and a half, which I'm seeing at minus $1.20. I've seen it actually drop down to $1.15. And I like that look even more, but definitely siding with uh, Aiden Hill and the, the Vegas Golden Knights with that plus 135 once he was uh, announced. But with all being said, he's been playing well. I could see him being a little shaky early and then settling in. That's kind of been his MO in some of these games. It hasn't been like uh necessarily like a Jacob Markstrom type of deal where he gives up the first shot of the game, it goes by, and then all of a sudden everything's good. But he can, you know, be pressured early. If he's gonna give up goals, it's gonna be early. You have to test him uh, and test the waters in the first 10, 15 minutes. If he gets into a groove at that point, then he's hard to beat. Uh, down the stretch after. So I think that's a good enough price, especially with a Ranger team. Uh, as mentioned, four of the last five home games have gone over the first period, eight and three the last 11 overall. So that's a great number to be getting uh, with the first period over. But I ultimately think this could be a close enough game where it goes uh, past regulation. And, and that, I definitely like Vegas in that spot. So Vegas, the draw in the first period over for me. All right. So Vegas draw first period over here for uh, I don't mind that first period over, especially with the Rangers coming back off the road. Could be a little sloppy early in the game. For props, I like Dora Fiev, and it is Dora Fiev. I'm hearing uh, multiple games now with the Vegas feed from Dave Gosher. He's been pronouncing it as Dora Fiev, not Dora Fiev. So that's what I'm going to go with, Dora Fiev here for uh, Vegas. Uh, he's on the top line. I like that look. Uh, I like Nicholas Waugh as well. Nicholas Waugh, a two-point night against the Islanders. He's centering the the second line with Marcia So and Oshave Bar Bishev. So I like Wah again. How about Sheldon Rempel getting his first NHL goal the other night? Maybe sprinkle on him too. And he had a couple other chances as well for Vegas. So Sheldon Rempel on the uh, third line for uh, the uh, Golden Knights. Uh, for the New York Rangers, Kako has been sent down to the third line. Wheeler is now on that top line. So I kind of like maybe taking a shot with the old veteran, the wily veteran Blake Wheeler. Uh, there's been times he's been up on that top line earlier in the year with Zabanajad and Kreider, and he has made the most of it. So there's and there's value for sure with Wheeler now that he's up to the top line tonight, playing with uh, Kreider and with Zabanajad. So I don't mind taking a, a stab at the uh, price that you're getting there, Blake Wheeler for the uh, uh, New York Rangers plus five ten uh, at Batano. I'm not going to turn down a price like that for a guy that's playing on the top line. Matt, what do you think here? Vegas Golden Knights, New York Rangers. 
Yeah, so I definitely like the the first period over in this game. Um, I kind of agree Aiden Hill could come out a little sloppy. I think the New York Rangers, even though they're coming off a four-game road trip, know how, you know, for lack of better terms, shitty the road trip went for them, especially with that last game against San Jose. Um, so I think they come out with a push, maybe score one early, maybe Vegas gets one back. Um, and it might be a good opportunity if there is, let's say, two goals in the first 10 minutes to then live bet the under. Because I do think Aiden Hill will settle in. If it goes up to, you know, seven and a half, eight, you know, maybe that's a good under. And then hopefully we get that 3-3 draw and go to OT. Um, I do like uh, the Knights as well. Just, you know, we'll we'll ride Jason Demers' uh, theory that a four or five game road trip, you know, it's tough to get that win that first game back. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I love the over for the first period. I don't know if I like the game over. Um, and I'm also, I mentioned this before the show, but the fact that it's the ESPN highlight game, I think guys get up for that, um, you know, throw the TV laces in, make sure they're looking sharp. So um, that's why I do like the first period over. But if it happens quick, it might be a good under opportunity. So um, I would look for that live. I, I'll sprinkle Vegas as well. I do think given Aiden Hill's record and how New York is playing right now, even though they're going to come back with some push, it, it's hard to bet the Rangers especially minus 155. So um, I'll be on Vegas. I'll be on the first period over, and then I'll be looking for that live under if it does hit pretty quickly. It's a, This is a good game to have that theory in mind. The one thing that would scare me about that is if we're seeing good pace in this goals early and it's Vegas carrying it, say it. So I, if it's 2 nothing Vegas, then I would be worried about the game getting out of hand because we know the Rangers can push back offensively. If it's 1-1 or if it's 2 nothing Rangers, then I would start looking more toward maybe the underspot. Yeah, so, yeah. I can agree with that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like I say, this is a this is an interesting spot because there's definitely so many different ways you can go about This is one of those games where you can make a case for anything here. First period, full game over or under. Rangers or Vegas. A draw or no draw, you know, you know, you really could go a bunch of dick. Cause what if the Rangers, they really put their foot on Vegas's throat. They're pissed off Vegas. It is their third road game in four nights and they stomp on him five, one. I could see it. I could see Vegas winning though. I could see the draw. I could see maybe no draw. I just think it's a a goalie battle. Yeah, you know? the goal yeah. could be under exactly. So yeah. That's what makes and, and plus these two teams can play different styles. Vegas can play in over. Vegas can play in under, and vice versa with the Rangers. Yeah, that's why these two teams are always. We always talk about them as, as some of the best teams in their respective conferences because they can adapt to any style. And you know, yeah. the thing is, I trust the New York to adapt more to an up tempo style if Vegas starts off with that. Yeah. Rather than I do necessarily, oh, okay, Vegas tries to lock down defensively. You can't just, you know, get into a bubble against a team like the Rangers necessarily and, and close yourself off and, and take away your own offense. We have seen Vegas be prone to doing that at times. So that's why I said Vegas has to press the action first. They got I'd almost like to even take Vegas scoring first goal. Uh, I might look for something like that in game potentially because I think that's what's going to kind of spark the back and forth battle here. It's funny you mentioned first goal of the game. I actually have an official play for this show and one of the other games on this slate for first goal of the game, and we will uh, get to that uh, in a little bit. Uh, first, though, next up, we've got uh, Florida and Pittsburgh. Uh, we've got the uh, Florida Panthers, minus 130, uh, road favorites, six the total. Uh, it, time is running out for the Pittsburgh Penguins right now. They are on the outside looking in. 
They're trying to get some traction. They're trying to get on a run, and uh, it's just not happening for them. It seems to be always one step forward, two steps back for this team. They have been absolutely dreadful trying to string wins together. They beat the Islanders. They lose to Washington. They beat Boston. They lose to Buffalo. They beat the Philadelphia Flyers. They lose back-to-back Vancouver and Carolina, although they, that effort was decent in those games. Two good teams. They lost in OT. They beat Seattle 3-0. That was a brutal spot for Seattle. I remember it. It was the middle of their road trip. The injuries were mounting. There was no Beneers, no Dunn, and the flu bug was running through the Kraken a little bit. Pittsburgh took advantage of that. And since then, they've lost two in a row against Vegas and Arizona on the road. The Vegas loss was horrific. They were up 2-0. They blow it in the third, and they lose 3-2. And then the Arizona loss where they were outplayed. And then to make matters worse, a comedy of errors with Latang and Malkin putting the puck into their own net when the uh, goalie came out on a delayed penalty call. That's embarrassing whenever you see that happening. That should not happen. And somehow it did to the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins there in that game. I get it. There, there's certainly a sense of urgency and desperation. No question about that. But they're just not playing well right now. Uh, they're going home. They've only got one home win more than road wins this year, the Pittsburgh Penguins. And now they got to take on a Florida team that not only, you know, as they have this good run, they're six and four in their last 10 games, but more importantly, it's what the Florida Panthers have done on the road. They've been an absolute road warrior, this team. Uh, they enter this game on a seven-game road winning streak uh, entering tonight. They've been absolutely terrific uh, at on the six games, I should say. Six games in a row they've won on the road. They're looking for seven uh, in a row away from home tonight. And you look at the um, Florida Panthers here uh, during this run, and uh, you know they beat Vegas 4-1 to one on the road. They just uh, did a number on Colorado. You know how difficult it is to beat Colorado at Ball Arena. They beat the, uh, the Avalanche 8-4. to four. Uh, this Florida Panthers team. Uh, they beat St. Louis 5-1, 4-1 against Nashville uh, earlier this week. So they're just playing great on the road. They get their captain, Alexander Barkov, back in the victory against Arizona the other night to make them even more formidable. Uh, Sergei Bobrovsky confirmed in net for Florida. Alex Nedeljkovic, not Tristan Jari, getting the start here tonight for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Jari uh, Nedeljkovic has been up and down lately for the uh, Penguins. Uh, and if you look at his numbers against Florida, how about 16 goals allowed in the last three starts combined for Alex Nedeljkovic against the Florida Panthers? Remember, he's seen this team a lot. You know, Detroit, Carolina, you know, this, all those years he was there, he saw this Panthers team a lot, and he has not fared well uh, against them. So what I like here is a split bet. Little on the Florida money line, minus 130, but probably a little bit more than that on this team total here for the Florida Panthers over three and a half. This has been a very good bet for me lately, especially with this team on the road. You know, he cashed it with Nash against Nashville on the road earlier this week. Florida scored four goals in that win. And if you look at Florida's recent wins, only once in their last five or six spots have the uh, road spots of the Panthers scored fewer than four goals. So when the Florida Panthers win and especially win on the road, they've been scoring four goals. So we're going to go with a little Florida minus 130 and a little bit more of the uh, overall amount uh, on the Florida Panthers team total over three and a half here uh, at plus 120. So we're going with the Florida Panthers once again here tonight. I know people like that. So we got to bust it out every time we're on Florida. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Panthers, Penguins. So I sprinkled a little bit on the draw because we did see it, some of that history with this. The three of the last uh, seven meetings had gone past regulation. Like I said, this is a do-or-die game uh, in my mind for Pittsburgh. And I feel like they would want to try to play this one kind of tight. But like I said, with the Delkovic starting in that, and I get that, you know, his drop-off 
you know, uh, when we see, whenever we see a price move, and it's usually where he's getting a start on a Friday or the second of a back-to-back, we see this this big change in price with Pittsburgh, and that's usually kind of a buy sign with with a lot of people. But I, I'm not buying this Pittsburgh team right now. It is something that we'll be saying a lot after the All Star break. But must win doesn't mean will win. Uh, kind of a spot, and like I said, his, uh, the Delcovic numbers against Florida have been quite abysmal, and that's with a couple of different teams. So. Uh, I'm going with Florida here, and I might. I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to go Florida in, in regulation. You know, I, I've done this before where I had a little bit on the draw, but I'm, I think Florida could take care of this in regulation. I'm not going to lay the 130. The biggest play I like out of anything here will be that team total over three and a half and plus 120. So everything else falls. Hopefully we just get four goals out of uh, Florida. Like I said, getting everybody back and now going up against the Delcovic, a guy that, that has given up goals against this club. That should be the, the safest of all bets. But I could see Florida winning this game by margin, or I could see this one being kind of close. It's just a matter of how Florida wants to play this. And I think they will be the ones to carry and dictate the pace of the, uh, the majority of this game. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sold on it being a blowout. Uh, that's for sure. I think it's pro- it could still be a close game uh, here. Uh, Florida doesn't mind playing a close game. I just think, you know what I feel like this could be? This could be exactly what we saw when Pittsburgh was at home against Vancouver. Just recently, Pittsburgh puts up a good effort. They're right in the game, but at the end of the day, they're not the better of the two teams. And what ended up happening, they lost in overtime 4-3 to the Canucks. And, of course, Vancouver scores four goals, just like I'm hoping Florida does tonight uh, to cash that uh, team total over. So that's definitely a plausible final score. Something like that, 4-3 Florida in overtime, 4-3 Florida in regulation. But the reason I'm not on the full game over is because I also worry this could be 4-2, 4-1 Florida because Pittsburgh has really scuffled offensively right, here yeah. uh, in recent games. And it's not going to be easy with the way the Florida Panthers have defended on the road and the way Sergey goalie Bob has played on the road lately. He's played very well for them. Well, he struggled a little bit at home, but boy, on the road, he's looking like playoff goalie Bob uh, from last year during that great run to the Stanley and Cup that's final. why. That's why I'm only a little bit on, on the draw because, like I said, it, yeah, the, you know, you predicate more on either are two teams going to play shutdown defense or two teams going to be able to play well offensively. And I can't trust Pittsburgh, like I said, to give me uh, necessarily three or four goals uh, unless Florida starts, you know, off this game being playing shaky. Yeah, no doubt. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, the dads were with the Panthers in Nashville. I know that. Uh, the other night. The question is, are they still with them tonight? Because it's weird. They were in Nashville. They went home for one game against Arizona. Are they still with the team, the dads? We'll see uh, tonight. But uh, that's another feather in the cap of the Panthers tonight. I'm with you, Landon. I am I believe in you, man. Landon Flores, our good friend who was on the uh, BetCast last night. I believe in your, in your look there, and that's why I'm betting it. And I agree with it just because of, you know, these are the spots we look for with player props. Mackie Samuskevich playing on the uh, top line for the Florida Panthers tonight with Barkov. Great opportunity for the kid, uh, and certainly a great price uh, as well uh, for him maybe to get his first NHL goal playing on that top line with the captain, plus 530 uh, at Patano, plus 500 at FanDuel uh, for Mackey. Sam Eskevich here uh, to find the back of the net for the uh, Panthers. Uh, E2 Coolmint, Lusterinen, and uh, Anton Lundell have been shifted down to the uh, third line for the uh, Florida Panthers. And it's going to be – there's another one, too, I like. The other guy flanking Barkov on that top line and a former Penguin. So we have another guy on the top line and a former Penguin as well, Evan Rodriguez, who's on that top line for the Florida Panthers tonight. Uh, he's been very, very quiet lately. Like, he's in a rut offensively. There's no question. And he's got seven goals on the season. He hasn't scored since December 29th. 
He doesn't have a goal yet this new year, but now he's on the top line facing a team he used to play with here, the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. I think it might be a decent night to invest in Evan Rodriguez. Plus 440 uh, at FanDuel for him to score a goal. Plus 230 if you like the assist prop, by the way, for him as well. Uh, what do you like here, Matt? Florida, Pittsburgh. See, this is why I love being on this show. Um, I was coming in. I was definitely on Florida. Um, I was thinking Florida money line, maybe sprinkle the puck line. Uh, now I think I'm going to be on Florida in regulation uh, and team total over. I think they're two more likely bets to hit. Um, if Pittsburgh does bounce, you know, and score a couple goals, I think Florida still gets that team total over. Um, so again, I, that's what I like about this show, you know, rather than the puck line, you know, maybe it ends a four, three game that team total hits the puck line wouldn't. So, uh, but I do like Florida here. I, I think they're the better team. I think Pittsburgh, despite it being, you know, a must win is, is struggling. I, I can't put money on them at any point. Um, one prop I do like. Um, that I'll think about taking, and it's hitting nine of the last ten is Carlson over a half a point. Um, you know, I think if Pittsburgh scores a goal tonight, he's very likely to be on that stat sheet. Um, I think he a lot of his offense or a lot of their offense runs through him. Uh, defensively, he struggles, so he might still be minus three. But if he gets that assist, uh, that's a good prop to look at. Um, but yeah, and then I kind of teetered on the first period over. Um, I do think Florida could score two in the first, uh, which would look good for all of our bets. Um, so I may look at that. I may even wait and see if there's no goals in the first few minutes, see if the odds get a little better on that one. Um, but definitely going to be on Florida in regulation and uh, Florida team total over three and a half. All right. Good stuff. Like it. Uh, there's a couple props I do like for Pittsburgh, though, uh, even though we're on Florida here in this game, money line team total over split with the Panthers. Rust is elevated to the top line with Crosby Gensel, so there's going to be a little value on him now. Drew O'Connor's on the second line. He scored a couple of games ago, and here's a little hit. I don't know if he's got the guts to score because he's not much of an offensive player. Last year, uh, he only had eight goals in 68 games as a member of the Florida Panthers. Now with the Pittsburgh Penguins, Colin White, who is playing on the second line tonight for the Penguins. Um, Against his old team, Florida said, we're not re-signing you. We have other priorities in the offseason than signing Colin White. That's an axe to grind if you're Colin White. And Wouldn't you want to make something of this opportunity playing against the Panthers tonight? And he's plus 850 at Batano, plus 750 at DraftKings, uh, among wow. other places, to score a goal tonight. I'm, and he's not much of an offensive player, and he has not scored in the two games since he's been recalled from Wilkes-Barre-Scranton. You know, he's gotten two games with the Penguins against Vegas and Arizona. No points and only one shot on goal. But, man, if there's ever an a time when Colin White's going to want to make it happen offensively, it's tonight because the Panthers passed on offering him a contract uh, in the offseason after last year. All right, next up we've got uh, the L.A. Kings and the Colorado Avalanche. Probably the most fascinating game of the night here just to see Colorado playing well. L.A., do they have a response in them after Todd McClellan again says – um, you know, really pointed words after the Buffalo loss. And we know what Drew Doughty said. Players are more uh, focused on getting their cookies and uh, taking care of their points rather than the team game. Uh, and Andre Kopitar echoed that too. We're not playing a team game after that Buffalo loss. That's about the bot. That's the lowest of the low for the LA during this bad run that they had a three to one lead at home against a Buffalo Sabres team that is not that struggling this year, up and down. And on a back-to-back -back on the road, and they end up losing that game 5-3. Uh, 
just hideous for the LA Kings. Can they bounce back here? Uh, Colorado minus 140 home favorites, six and a half the total here in this game. Uh, the LA Kings, of course, this is in theory and conceptually supposed to be a spot where you're supposed to see a, a, what's supposed to be a good hockey team, and they have not been obviously playing like a good hockey team, 2-12 and 12, uh, the last 14 games. This is where you're supposed to see a team like this bounce back and respond. You know, when the coach is getting after you, one of the leaders who has – he has street cred, okay, Drew Doughty. When he's calling out the team, he has the, he has the street cred to do it. He's a multi-time Stanley Cup champion. He's been a, one of the better defensemen in the league during his time in the NHL. When he speaks, it's this team should listen. So I think it should be one of those deals where it, it, it shouldn't, you know, disintegrate this team and break them apart further. Hearing Doughty say that about the team should bring their ass together and say, you know what, this is unacceptable. It's time to fix this shit and turn things around. So we'll see if L.A. can do that. The problem with L.A. is I don't know if, they have 60 minutes of great hockey in them right now because we have not seen them play a complete game in a very long time. We really have not. You know, the Nashville game, the Dallas game, they fell apart. Detroit, they had a bad start. San Jose, uh, they just were, you know, didn't really start that game well. Buffalo, they do start the game well, and then they collapse, you know, late second and in the third period of that game. So they have not played 60 strong minutes. But what I am going to trust here tonight is that in the opening 20 minutes, early in this game, LA is ready to go. They've got their legs. They, they're they they're pissed off. They're angry. They want to get out of this funk. They're playing a team like Colorado, champs two years ago. That's certainly going to incentivize them further. The one thing we've seen out of Colorado the last few games at home, even the Washington game, take the Washington game the other night. It's going to look on the, the surface. 6-2 Colorado. They own that game. Uh, they dominated. They were lethargic in the first 10 to 15 minutes. They were outshot 6-2-7-2 by Washington uh, in the first 10 or 15 minutes of that game. First period ended 1-0 Colorado. They got a late goal, but they did not have a very good first period the other night. And if it was a better team than Washington, you know, they could have paid the price for that slow start, that sluggish start they had uh, against the Capitals the other night. So I think we're going to get L.A. throwing quite the punch early in this game. I'm going to take them in the first period, plus 120, the LA Kings. And I'm also going to take them to score the first goal tonight in this game against the uh, Colorado Avalanche because, you know, there's been those odd instances where we've seen Colorado start slow. I think of the Washington game the other night. I think of the Florida game where Florida jumped on them at home in Denver. 3 nothing that game was in the first 10 minutes. And look, Colorado's rolling along. They've won a few in a row now. There's not that sense of urgency for them. And L.A.'s actually beaten Colorado two of the last three meetings here in Denver. So L.A.'s actually played well here uh, at Ball Arena in recent years. That being said, I don't fully trust L.A. I lean full game, too, to the Kings, but I don't fully trust them for the full game. And we know in this building Colorado can start slow and just turn it on like a dime and all of a sudden, a deficit becomes a Colorado lead and a Colorado win. And let's be real. We might be looking at David Riddick tonight, who finally had a bit of a down game the last time we saw him against San Jose when they lost to the Sharks. So that's not exactly something I'm uh, loving either uh, here in this game. And even if it is Talbot again, too, you know, he hasn't played nearly as good. So the bottom line is I don't fully trust L.A. to win the game and carry this one through for 60 minutes. But I will take them to have a strong start here a very strong start, plus 120, and I will also take a uh, look toward uh, L.A. to score the uh, opening goal uh, of the uh, hockey game uh, as well uh, in this one, which you can get actually at a pretty nice price, around plus 115 
uh, for L.A. to get the uh, first goal uh, of the game. Uh, I also like the full game over six. There's only one book that has a total at six. The others have six and a half, and that is uh, Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers has over six minus 124. I'm going to bet it specifically at that book because I'd rather have six than six and a half with the full game over. So I will look in that direction. I was leaning toward both teams to score in the first period too, but I'm not convinced Colorado, believe it or not, scores in the first period. I think that's how focused and intense L.A. can be coming out of the gate. I could see one nothing Kings in the opening period, something like maybe even 2 nothing Kings, and then Colorado wakes up and it becomes a game again later as it goes. That's kind of the game flow I have in mind here for the Kings and the Avs tonight. Alex, what do you think here? L.A., Colorado. Okay, that's interesting because I, I like I like first period over uh, one and a half minus one thirty five, and I probably would be one where I sprinkle maybe not my full unit on right now. I'll probably add, look to add a little bit more in game, and that's what I'd be looking to grab the full over. I don't think we're gonna see scoring right away. I definitely do think LA comes out when uh, and and you know dictates the pace early. They have to, you know, they, they, it would be just insane if we saw just a flat LA team in the first five minutes. If, if you see LA play flat in the first five minutes, by all means, go and lay uh, 150, 160 on Colorado. And then you uh, really got to wonder, like, what the hell's going on yeah. if that's the yeah. case. Yeah, that means something something, something is very wrong. So this is definitely an, an eye test game for sure. Uh, whether you have something just pregame or you're looking to bet in game, we have to see what's going to happen. But I, I, would, I, I can't imagine, be hard-pressed to imagine an LA team that comes out flat here. So with that being said, I like the first period over one and a half. Uh, both teams to score, I would lean toward that normally. But like you said, you got kind of a feeling that this could be all one uh, one side of the fair early with L.A. And as uh, Rich H. pointed in the chat, this is Colorado's last game. They got nine days off after this. So that's definitely a spot where, okay, if Colorado's down 2 nothing, and, and you got Yorgiev and Nett who, my God, I mean, this guy's already going to be playing his 41st game. So literally half the season. Uh, has been Alexander Yorgiev in net, which I think is very problematic for Colorado moving forward. But uh, who's to say that this game doesn't get completely get out of hand and all of a sudden it's 6 nothing Kings in a blowout? So I'm looking for a live full game over uh, in-game, full game over in-game, first period over pre-game. And then I have a player prop that I have in mind for the LA Kings that I'll talk about a little bit later. Yeah, no doubt. And by the way, the last three meetings in Colorado, Kings versus Avs, they've all gone over the total. I think we've seen five, four, six. There was a nine to three game as well with uh, Colorado hosting L.A. in, in recent years. There have been a lot of goals with these two teams, especially when they play uh, in uh, Denver. And there are some props that I do like uh, for this game uh, as well. Uh, we'll get into those. Uh, I do want to look it up here with Georgiev. His career high as far as games played was last year with Colorado, 62 games uh, played for him last year out of the 82. Yeah, he's don't on pace that. to smack that. If they don't get another goalie, he's going to probably play 70 games. Yeah, and he's going to burn out come playoff time, too. Like, he's not, he's not you know, a goalie, too, that's... First of all, I don't think he can handle a, a workload. No, no, not many goalies can, but right. he's not Broder or Wah in that sense. You know, he's not at that level where, give me the workload and I can maintain this high level. I don't believe in that for one second with Alexander Georgiev. So Jared Bednar's got to really contemplate post-All-Star break. I don't care what you think of his ability as a backup, but until you get another goalie, you got to give Ivan Prosvetov some starts. You just have to. You have to bite the bullet and put Prosvetov in there more often, at least a little bit more often. You have to give this guy a break, Georgiev. You have to. He can't be on pace for almost 75, 80 fucking starts 
in the regular season. That's absurd to be putting a goalie and running him that hard for a course of the regular season. And, and what's the deal with Annan? Like, this guy looked like he was going to be the heir apparent a couple of years ago. All right, he had a slight injury bump, and then we saw him back up. But this guy just kind of fell off the face of the earth as far as his standing of being the next uh, future of the, of the Colorado Avalanche net. What happened to him? Clearly, there's something going on with him. Prosvitov was just kind of a, a, a filling spot. Move one of these guys and get something of an upgrade now. Like I said, they shouldn't even be on on Bednar's conscience. He shouldn't even have to make this move. This should be from higher up. GMs need to go to make a move. You know Prosvitov was the shit when you got him. Okay? You got him because you had to fill a gap. So now fill that gap properly before it's too late. And like I said, you run this guy in the ground before you even get to the playoffs. All they need now is for him to go down, and you have to run Prosvitov. Uh, run him as the starter. And next thing you know, they're going to run just like L.A. has. And we're talking about, oh, Colorado's now in the wild card spot. Colorado's possibly missing the playoffs. So don't screw around. Make a move. No, I agree with that. You know what? I'll tell you what's going on. Prosvitov's just not good enough, consistent enough. We know that uh, based on what we've seen this year. And the problem with Eustace Onanen is he's not NHL ready. He's not. Or else he'd be up here by now. You know, that's the, the problem. I mean, he's still toiling around. Colorado Eagles down there in the AHL and his numbers there are okay, but they're not spectacular. You know, 2.69 goals against 906 save percentage with the Eagles there it, with the avalanche. Here's what he's done with the abs. And now he started how many games five in the NHL with the abs 4.34 goals against 863 save percentage two years ago, uh, 3.58 goals against average 854 save percentage last year. And we saw the one start he made, I believe it was in Ottawa this year for Colorado and it was a rough night for him. So he's just not NHL ready. So your options are either run Georgiev into a gr- the ground or you've got to say enough and we've got to put Prosvitov in there. If you think Onanen's not NHL ready and you want to keep him in the AHL so he can keep working at his craft and his game, fine. But you've got to at least give Prosvitov a few more starts at least coming up here post-All-Star break because you're going to burn this goalie out who's not good enough, in my opinion, to handle this kind of workload. So there we go. That's my rant on that. It's a rant because that, that can't happen. And I like that Bagnars. Can't. Great guy. Phenomenal yeah, guy. Yeah. Oh, an amazing yeah. job. He's the only guy that's won in the AHL, ECHL, and NHL, the three championship trophies. Stanley Cup, Calder Cup, Kelly Cup. He's won all three. So he, 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 he can coach, but he's screwing up in this regard. I'm sorry. He is. He's got to start lightening the load for Alexander Georgiev at post-All-Star break or else it's trouble. And all the more reason, too, to go out and get a goal. If it's because you don't trust Prosvitov either, then go out and get a goalie. Get somebody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, it's totally absurd that we're, we're on pace for 75 to 80 starts this year for uh, Alexander Georgiev. I rest my case. Matt, what do you think here? L.A., Colorado. Yeah. So for those that were on the uh, Patreon-exclusive BetCast last night, uh, a little birdie you know, gave me a tip on this game. Uh, but that's not really the only reason that I love L.A. in this game. I do think they come out hard. Um, you mentioned Dowdy, two-time Stanley Cup. Um, Team Canada, like, dominant defenseman. You know, when he's upset, you listen. And then I know that the coach also gave them a bit of a chewing out um, down in L.A. after that uh, that last game. So I'm on L.A. here. I, they've got two more games before the All-Star break. They've got time to turn things around. I believe they've only got one guy going. Um, you know, Colorado's obviously got a few guys heading to uh, Toronto for the All-Star game. Tonight's their last game. It's a Friday night in Denver. I could very easily see L.A. coming out 
and scoring a couple quick ones in Colorado, just mailing it in to the all-star break. Um, so yeah, I love, I love LA here. I love a couple props that I'll mention later in the show. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, LA is too good to, you know, completely digress and miss the playoffs. I think they have to turn it around at some point and what better way to do it than go into Colorado right before the all-star break and beat the wheels off Colorado. So I'm on LA here. I may look at some other bets as far as like team total. Um, I may try and live them, things like that, but I like LA here and I love the first period over um, and the full game over, especially if you can get it at six. So. Yeah, I mean, to me, it looks like that's another thing too. We forget it with the we think of the Kings for this longest time as a defensive-minded team, but uh, it's the last two games that defensively has been their issue. Now, I think they're going to work to correct that. I really do. That's the one little concern I have with overs in this game. LA might work overtime to try to really tighten things up after giving up nine their last two games, but not easy to tighten up when you're playing the Avs, who just pace, 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 push the puck up the ice consistently. And obviously a very good offensive team, especially when Nate McKinnon's putting up four goals like he did the other night against Washington. What a season he's having, McCarr. And the scary part for Colorado is now, you know, they're definitely getting healthier as far as their forward group. Uh, and they, they're loaded for Baird right now. Uh, and when you look at what they've got with uh, Drouin, McKinnon, Ranton, and Wood, Colton, and O'Connor's been a good second line. Wait till they get Big Val Nachushkin back. Uh, Taves and McCarr leading that strong blue line. Uh, very dynamic team. I, uh, same props that I've normally been naming for Colorado, you know, Wood, Colton, O'Connor, I think are all decent looks. Lekkanen is on the third line. He hasn't really gotten it going, but you know he will eventually. Drew on the first line. And for L.A., look, he got called out a couple games ago, and even though they lost to Buffalo, he did contribute. We'll go back to PLD here, Pierre-Luc Dubois tonight. Why not? Uh, he did score the other night. It was one of the few things that did go well for L.A. against Buffalo was that at least they got some offense out of Dubois. So he's, uh, I'll, I'll go look in that direction here for PLD tonight uh, in this game. Trevor Moore might be worth a look. Um, Byfield, you know, back on the top line tonight with Kopitar and Kempe. So those are a few that I would be looking at for uh, props here with the Kings uh, and the Avs. All right, final game of this Friday slate, St. Louis Blues and the Seattle Kraken. Uh, this price has climbed, actually. Seattle opened minus you know uh, actually not that big of a price here at at one point i think this opened as low as minus 135 minus 140 it's all the way up to minus 170 right now uh, on the seattle kraken so a really big move towards seattle in this game the total sitting at uh, six uh, here in this game shaded to the under uh, if you look at this st louis team look what a road trip for them back-to-back -back wins against calgary and vancouver uh, very impressive by this uh, blues team Third road game, though, now in four nights, though, for so a bit of a tricky spot here uh, for the uh, St. Louis Blues. But they've played well. I mean, beat Vancouver. Not many teams have been able to do that lately. Joel Hofer was very good in net that night. And then they come back and they beat Calgary, who had a 3-2 lead uh, in the third period against the Blues. They could not hang on to it, and they ended up losing 4-3 uh, in regulation. So just a very tough loss for St. Louis or for Calgary there in that game. But you give credit to the, uh, uh, to the uh, Kraken or sorry for the Blues for coming back and winning that game. Seattle, I'm going to continue to say this about Seattle. Don't fret over the losing streak they had. Remember they had won eight or nine in a row, and then Seattle ended up having that bad stretch after that where they lost, what, four in a row uh, entering the game against Chicago. But look at those four losses. At Pittsburgh on Martin Luther King Day, that's when they lost Beneers, 
Vince Dunn, one of their best defensemen, you could probably say their best defenseman, and Burakovsky, all the injury, and they also had the flu bug and the illness running through the dressing room going into Pittsburgh. That's when that win streak got snapped. They lost 3 nothing to Pittsburgh. They had to play the Rangers on a back-to-back with a shorthanded team with illness running through the dressing room, and they lost that game 5-2. Then they had to go to Edmonton 48 hours later, play this unbeatable Oilers team that nobody can stop right now, and they actually got a 2 nothing lead in that game, uh, and they lost uh, 4-2 uh, to the Oilers in that game, but they put up a valiant effort at the end of a brutally long road trip And then they come back home for the first game off that six-game road trip against Toronto, and it was a predictable tough spot. And sure enough, Toronto beats them 3-1. to So those were the four losses. The point I'm making is all four of those losses during the losing streak, bad spot, bad spot, bad spot, bad spot, injuries, shorthanded, illness running through the team, and a brutal road trip and travel as well. All four of those losses. I'm not making totally excuses for them, but that's a big part of the problem. It wasn't just, oh, Seattle sucks again. No, it was just a brutal schedule with injuries and illness catching up to them and all that travel as well. So sure enough, they lose to Toronto. They finally are starting to get healthier again. Vince Dunn is back. You know, they're starting to get their pieces back again, although I think Matty Beneers is still out. Uh, It looks like tonight they could be without Schwartz, Tolvin, and, and Gord, although none of them have been ruled out yet. Uh, Gord's the suspension, so he won't play. Schwartz, game-time decision, and Ellie Tolvanen, uh, it's a game-time decision for him as well. But be careful, none of them have been ruled out yet. But the point is, they've got Vince Dunn back now. Uh, they've had a few days now with no travel, finally. They get to stay in Seattle after the Toronto loss, and we saw what happened. They beat Chicago. It was one of their best games in a long time, uh, 6-2 to victory. I think Seattle... Don't overreact to that losing streak. Everything conspired against them. The schedule, the injuries, the illness bug running through the team. That played a significant factor uh, in those Seattle losses. I think it's a tough spot here for St. Louis now. Third road game in four nights off two very big wins for them in a row. I don't think Bennington's nearly been as good uh, in recent starts uh, as he was earlier in the season. Uh, There is no confirmation for Seattle for their goaltending. Bennington's in net for St. Louis. Seattle, we don't know who's going to be in net. They play Sunday against Columbus. So this is not a back-to-back for the for the Kraken. So they could run back Joey Decord if they want to tonight. There is no back-to-back. They don't play, and he's obviously played phenomenal for them uh, the last month or so. But Grubauer is activated from the IR, and he's going to get a start. He's either going to start Sunday or he's going to start tonight. It's definitely going to start one of these games. It's a question of which one. I don't want to worry about that. I don't want to worry about who's in net for Seattle tonight. So what I am doing is I'm betting Seattle team total uh, over three and a half here uh, against the St. Louis Blues. Then I don't have to worry about Kraken or Grubauer because uh, if it's if it's Decord, I'd feel more comfortable and look in the regulation and all that with Seattle. But for me, I'm just going to go over three and a half. I think they got their offense going, albeit it was Soderblom. I get it. And Chicago, six goals in that game. But I think they can get to four here. Uh, in this game against the Blues. Tired at the end of this um, Western road trip here that they've been on. Uh, I think Seattle can maybe jump on that a little bit. So I like Seattle team total over three and a half. But I'm also going to play the draw in this game because we do have some draw history head-to-head. We do have some draw history recently. St. Louis, look at the recent St. Louis road games. Could have went to overtime. It was a, it was basically 45 seconds from going to overtime against Calgary you know, when the Blues won at 4-3 in regulation. It did go to overtime with the Blues and the Canucks the other night, 
4-3 win for the Blues. Uh, road game at Carolina for the Blues early in January, 2-1 uh, to one in a shootout for the uh, St. Louis Blues. So three of their last four road games have been decided by one goal, and two of those four went past regulation. So going to go with the draw here, plus 370. Very nice price on the draw here with the Blues and the Kraken, and also the team total over for the uh, Seattle Kraken. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, St. Louis, Seattle? Yeah, I like this draw quite a bit. And the reason for it is because of what you mentioned, where Seattle, this is a banged-up team, and you can't react too heavily to that uh, losing streak, nor can you react too heavily to the big win in their last game. Uh, that game was mostly, like you said, due to the fact that they faced Arvid Soderblom and a Hawks team that's skating a bunch of fourth-liners. So now you're playing a St. Louis team that is a step up in class, but at the same time, like I said, tough spot of a road trip. They don't have, uh, you know, the firepower and punch to just, you know, get you into a boat race. This game feels like it could be a low and slow kind of a battle, especially if it is Decord getting the start. And I'm hoping it is Decord getting the start tonight. And then Grubauer, let him get that start against the kind of lowly Columbus team. And, and that might be a nice little over uh, spot we look for in that, in that contest. But with this one, I could see 2-2. So I might uh, maybe grab a little 2-2 correct score for the full game and uh, go with this draw here at plus 370. All right, good stuff there. Uh, as far as props go, uh, for St. Louis, you know, take your pick. Braden Shen's heating up, but obviously Jake Neighbors I like. Jake Neighbors scored the other night. Won't you be my neighbor, Jake Neighbors? Um, uh, Jordan Cairo's been good since the coaching change. Uh, Robert Thomas, those would be the Blues I'd target. The Kraken, look, hopefully I'm not a day late and a dollar short because I had given up on Thomas Tatar on that top line. He had really stopped scoring despite being there all these weeks, and he explodes against Chicago uh, and scores against them the other night for, I think, two goals. So hopefully I'm not a day late with him, but we'll go to Tatar. Anyone on that top line, Tatar, McCann, and Eberly, they have played pretty well the last few for Seattle. And there is an interesting lineup. Now, again, this could change based on whether Gord, Schwartz, or Tolvanen play. But if one or two or three of those guys are missing, they've got Yamamoto, as of right now, potentially slotted up to the second line with Wenberg and Burakovsky. So if you see before puck drop that Yamamoto's on the second line, there's huge value with Kyler Yamamoto for the uh, Seattle Kraken tonight uh, to find the back of the net if he is indeed up there based on the injury situation with that trio I mentioned, especially with Tolvanen and with uh, uh, Schwartz. Uh, What do you think here in this one, Matt, St. Louis, Seattle? Yeah, this is a tougher one for me. Um, obviously, St. Louis has played well on this road trip. I don't trust Bennington, which makes me lean towards the over. I think for me, it's going to be a goalie decision. If Decord's in, I'm not taking the over. If uh, Grubauer's in, I'm taking the over. Um, I sort of like the first period over here as well. I think uh, I, I do agree with Alex that 6-2 win over Chicago isn't necessarily, hey, Seattle's back, they're hot. You know, it was a nice win, but they have been at home finally. Um, I do think they come out strong Friday night in Seattle. I've been in that arena. It gets pretty wild. Their fans are great. So, um, yeah, I think I'm going to take Seattle team total over as well. Um, I don't want to lay minus 170 on them to to win the game. Maybe I look at a regulation, um, but I also am sort of leaning towards the draw after uh, both of you guys went. So, um, we'll see. I'll kind of decide pending goalie, but definitely like Seattle team total over three and a half. Yeah. Like I say, I think, and by the way, when Seattle was on that win streak, uh, you know, the last 
four games of that win streak, they scored at least four goals. Buffalo, Ottawa, Washington, Columbus. So, you know, that's why I've got the faith. If they win Seattle, they can get to four goals. And obviously, as Matt alluded to, what would you rather have? Seattle minus 170 or a nice, uh, comfortable Seattle team total over three and a half at plus 110? Would you rather have minus 170 or plus 110? Uh, it's a pretty easy decision. Uh, there's no question about that. So and, that's the way and I'm Matt going. mentioned the first period over. I am on that too. Seattle's been uh, trending very nicely to that. We're seeing uh, three of the last four, actually six and two to the last eight games. And then we're also seeing uh, a trend with St. Louis uh, to the overs in the first period as well. So both teams trending in that direction that minus $1.20 is actually a good price. Uh, Kyler is from Spokane, Washington. So not quite Seattle, but pretty damn close. Uh, pretty damn close there. A Spokane Washington, still a Washington State kid, a Kyler Yamamoto, just to uh, mm-hmm. clarify that to everyone in the uh, chat. Great stuff. Great Friday card. Only four games, but every game is intriguing to me in some aspect tonight. So yeah. it's a really good Friday slate. Shout out to everyone in the chat. 248 live viewers. Hit the like button. We appreciate it very much. And we thank everyone that is a Patreon member. Uh, Patreon.com slash Ice Guys. Again, uh, just a $10 per month. And again, we've got, obviously, we had our first Patreon-exclusive live BetCast uh, in uh, last night. We're going to have more uh, BetCasts exclusively coming in the month of February as well. And again, not only do you get access to our Patreon-exclusive live BetCasts, but you get our daily sides, totals, and player props card posted every day on the Patreon page, as well as um, uh, goalie charts, totals charts. We're going to have bonus videos and content that Alex and I will record during the break. Uh, next week so uh, we'll have that we're looking forward to that and we'll post it on the patreon page as well uh, all that and more and again your patreon subscription goes a long way to keeping this show rolling in the long term so make sure you sign up make sure you subscribe we've seen a huge increase in subscribers the last few days last week we really we've noticed it we thank you for it and we'll continue to provide great exclusive ice guys content for our Patreon members. So patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 per month. And make sure you check out the store as well. Iceguys.myspreadshop.com. We've got a discount offer right now for everything from the store and it's not lasting much longer. So make sure you get your gear and get your merch at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Absolutely. Just three days left to save 20% off of shipping. As soon as you go to iceguys.myspreadshop.com, you click on the little redeem button at the top of the page and you are automatically set. Put everything in your cart, place your order, and you'll get 20% off of the, all those items. Uh, that's Friday, today, Saturday, tomorrow, and Sunday only. That's at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. And it sounds like, according to Real Deal Prime, Wayne Simmons has announced his retirement. And I uh, can't say I'm totally shocked by that. Uh, a very good career. But his best years with Philadelphia, uh, with the uh, Flyers. He played his last three seasons with Toronto, of course. Um, yeah, there's nothing to be ashamed about. He had a very solid career. When you play the number of games he did uh, in the NHL, uh, he had a good career. He played and just played the game rugged. And unfortunately, when you play the game as physical and rugged as he does, you leave yourself prone to maybe your career being cut short by injuries and wear and tear on the body. And that's essentially what happened. Yeah, no, great player. Uh, always wanted to stick up for his teammates. Like I said, get, you know, get, get dirty, you know, get in the corners, uh, just a true great player. And, you know, guys of his elk are missed uh, in this league. So uh, happy trails to Wayne Simmons. Yep, no doubt. We wish him well in the uh, future. All right, we'll get to our bargain bin special of the night and best bets in just a moment. But first, as we do on Fridays, we'll hear from our great sponsors, Boston Hemp Inc. 
Check them out. Boston Hemp Inc. are great sponsors of Beantown Friday here on the Ice Guys. All right, it is time for Bargain Bin Special of the Night uh, for this uh, Friday edition of the show. Alex, Bargain Bin, what have you found? Yeah, heading out to Denver. Uh, this is a big game for the LA Kings. And, you know, you got a guy who is you know, a future Hall of Famer, two-time Stanley Cup champion, uh, one of the best defensemen of arguably the 2010s and Drew Doughty stepping up, saying, you know, guys aren't pulling their weight. You know, guys saying is, you know, uh, waiting for their cookie night, you know, not 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 putting in the effort and work that's needed for this team to get to where they want to be, which is at the top of the Pacific Division and one of the teams that has a, a shot at a Stanley Cup uh, title. This guy's played his ass off for all these years and has been grinding to the core. And he's be damned if he let some of these younger guys not be able to pull their weight. He said, you can't have any milk and cookies. That means you can't have any goddamn milk and cookies. Give me Drew Doughty over one and a half points plus 400 at points bet. That's my bargain bin special tonight. All right, that's Drew Doughty, LA Kings over one and a half points plus 400. And that might be the safer option than, say, scoring a goal because he could easily have just two assists, maybe not score, but be involved in some of the offense you see from the Kings via the assists. So, uh, that's a good way to go about it. Over one and a half points, plus one, plus four hundred uh, for uh, Drew Doughty tonight for Alex B. Smith with his bargain bin special of the night. Maddie, what have you found here? A bargain bin special. Yeah, I'm actually headed to Denver as well. Also going the LA route, but uh, kind of going a different direction. I figure, you know, Doughty steps up and has that speech in the locker room. I'm sure Kopitar chipped in as well. You know, who better to step up than one of the young guys? Uh, I'm going to go with Alex LaFerriere, anytime goal. He's playing on that third line with Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, he's He's been a consistently good player for them. He's on their second power play. You know, as a rookie, I just think when a guy like that comes up, says what he says, you know, you've got to step up and you feel a lot of responsibility and pressure to do so. So I love that. Alex LaFerriere, anytime goal scorer tonight. I saw it at plus 440 on Bavada. I'm sure you can get it a little nicer than that. But, yeah, that's my bargain bin tonight. Yeah, plus 500 at FanDuel for that one. So Alex Laferriere, and again, that guy is not from Quebec. He's not French-Canadian for the millionth time. I know it sounds like it with his last name, but he's from New Jersey. He's an American kid. Uh, Alex Laferriere for the uh, LA Kings, uh, plus 500 at FanDuel with uh, Bargain Bin Special here for um, Matt Robinson. Uh, my Bargain Bin Special uh, of the night, I'm going to I'm gonna do it out of our respect to our friend for Landon. I really like Rodriguez, too. You could take your pick. Any of those two guys playing with Barkov tonight for Florida, I think, are very good bargain bin special picks. I think Evan Rodriguez is a really good one. But Evan Rodriguez is ice cold. And for that reason, I'm going to go with return of the Mac. It is return of the Mac. Oh, bump the word. Mackie Samuskevich here for the uh, Florida Panthers. Uh, but I try to tell you so that you please score a goal and you'll cash a bargain bin and I'll be very happy. Mackie Samuskevich uh, here for the uh, Florida Panthers tonight as I lose my mind. Uh, plus 530 uh, at Patano uh, here for uh, Mackie Samuskevich of the uh, Florida uh, Panthers. Uh, good stuff indeed. Uh, playing with Barkov on that top line. Uh, and look, he's had multiple shots on goal here these first two games. So uh, Mackie Samuskevich, uh, plus 530, Florida Panthers, for my bargain bin special uh, of the night. And that is a great track from the 90s. R- look it up yeah. for you uh, oh, youngsters yeah. up there. Mark Morrison, Return of the Mac. That is a classic. Great song mm-hmm. from the uh, 90s, no doubt. Wonderful track. Uh, and that's what I was singing there a moment ago. All right, hopefully we're singing a happy tune with Best Bets 
here for this Friday edition of the show. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Yeah, great place to spend a Friday night would be uh, right on Broadway in uh, New York. And they're taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. And I like some goals there early. I think it's going to be a really good contest. Perfect game to have on ESPN. Let's go Vegas Knights and the New York Rangers. Over one and a half. I grabbed that at minus $1.15 at Caesars. I think that's the cheapest price around, but definitely want to shop around and get the best number on that first period over one and a half with the blue shirts and Vegas Golden Knights tonight. My best bet for Friday. All right, there we go. Vegas Golden Knights and New York Rangers over one and a half first period. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. Uh, Matt Robinson, what do you got for best bet? Yeah, I'm glad Alex uh, decided to go there because that was one of my options. So I love that as well. Um, but I'm going to go out to Denver and do the exact same bet. L.A., Colorado, over one and a half. I've seen it around 120, minus 125, minus 130. Um, I think L.A. is going to come out hard. They might score two in the first 10 minutes. So L.A., Colorado, over one and a half, first period over. All right, Kings and Avs, over one and a half, first period for Matt Robinson, his best bet. Uh, my best bet here for this slate, I'm going to – I, I believe in it. I have strong conviction that they are going to be ready from the opening puck drop tonight and put a great foot forward early in the game. We're going to take the LA Kings plus 120 first period for my best bet here for this Friday NHL card. I think you'll have a strong start, a good chance to see the Kings have the lead after the first 20 minutes. This is a response spot after all the shit storm that's gone down the last 48 hours since that loss to Buffalo. And I think we'll see this team at least in the opening 20 minutes. Like I say, Colorado is one of those teams. They can start slow and at home be so good that they storm back and win. That's why I don't trust the Kings for the full 60, but I will take a shot with them in the first 20. LA Kings plus 120 first period for my best bet here for this Friday uh, NHL card. That'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Uh, hit the like button on the way out. We appreciate it very much. we got a huge Saturday slate. And really, tomorrow is the last big NHL card before the All-Star break. Sunday through Wednesday, we have a lot of small slates, two, three, four-game slates. Tomorrow is the last big one that we have before the All-Star break. 14 games, 28 of the 32 NHL teams uh, in action tomorrow. So uh, looking forward uh, to breaking down that Saturday card, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Pacific tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be me, Alex, uh, Zach Urban, and Matt Robinson. So it's going to be a full fucking house tomorrow uh, on the Saturday edition of the show. So we're looking forward to that very much. Uh, noon Eastern, make sure you join us uh, on the Saturday edition of the Ice Guys. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith and Matt Robinson, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Friday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will be back tomorrow on Saturday for a loaded Saturday edition of the Ice Guys. 